For this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. For God is good and his mercy is everlasting. It's so good to see each and every one of you in the house today. We want to welcome those that are worshiping with us online. Our pastor gives you his regards, pastor and first lady. They're down in Huntsville getting that extra Holy Ghost. Amen. But we're so glad that you came in today, made your way to the house of the Lord. There's no better place to be on Sabbath than in the house of God. Amen. Amen. So we want to welcome you. And I see we have a lady in the audience, Sister uh, Tanisha. That's Brother Carlos's niece. Amen. Welcome. We welcome you to Tabernacle of Praise. We say you are visited both once. After that, you're one of the family. This is the church with the open door where everybody is somebody and worship is truly a joy. So we welcome you to the house of the Lord this morning. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful today that you have allowed us one more opportunity, Lord, to come into your house. We pray, Lord, that you will bind the enemy, Lord, and loose your Holy Spirit today as we worship you in spirit and in truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Once again, we're so happy. This year is really rapidly going fast. We're sitting here and we are in the month of December. It just came in so quickly. And I'm looking here at the calendar and before you know it, 2021 will be over. Some of you are saying, I want to get out of 2021. I am not mad at all. But we just want to just encourage you just to hang on and be faithful because as long as God is on the throne, everything is going to be all right. No, on next Sabbath, what Sabbath did I say? Next Sabbath, December the 11th, something very exciting and special is going to be happening right here at 1721 Parker Road. We are having our Pastor's Appreciation Day. Amen. Amen. We know the pastor has been working so hard. Last month he preached for a whole month, four days a week. Amen. And we just want to show our appreciation for the pastor being willing to be used by God. In these last days, it's very hard, but we want to just pray and uplift the pastor and just encourage him. We don't try to pay the pastor, but we just want to show in a tangible way how much we really appreciate his ministry here at Tabernacle of Praise. So we just want you to just get on the phone and just let people know, invite them to come next week and just get a card and put a little something, something, whatever God puts on your heart to give to the pastor. We want to bless the man of God next week. Amen. 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 And if you want to uh, uh, do something special, I don't know, you may have a poem or something God puts on your heart. You pray about that and you contact me this week. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Then December the 18th, the very next Sabbath, is going to be our Christmas Sabbath, where the choir is going to be singing some Christmas songs. We're going to be having some testimonies, and the pastor's going to bring a word. Amen. So that's going to be next uh, uh, on December the 18th. And then on Christmas Sabbath, this is going to be a high Christmas because it falls on Sabbath. Amen. Amen. The pastor has been praying about it, and he's going to do, because of circumstances, we are going to have our Christmas worship 
virtually online on Christmas Day. Amen. So the church will be closed on Christmas Day, but the Holy Ghost will still be open for business. Amen. So you'll be able to worship with us, with your family and your friends, and you all can have a watch party. Amen. Santa won't be coming down the chimney, but the Holy Ghost will be coming down. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's going to be on the 25th. And we want to encourage you every Wednesday at 7 o'clock, we have our midweek power hour. And if you've been missing it, you've been missing a blessing. You don't have to wait to Sabbath to Sabbath. You can get that extra booster shot. They're talking about getting a booster for COVID. Well, you want to get a booster to overcome sin. Amen. Amen. We get that every Wednesday night. So at this time, let us continue in our praise and in our worship right now. We want you to stand as we're going to sing this morning. Come on. How many of you came to praise the Lord this morning? All right. Well, worship with us this morning.
worthy. If you don't know that he's worthy, you'd better ask somebody. You know, the Bible says that prayer is the key. Prayer is the key. Now, a bunch of these are, are keys, right? Now, what good are these keys if I'm just going around just shaking them? What good are they? Keys are only good if you put it in the lock and turn it. Prayer is the key that unlocks heaven's storehouse. You know what's in heaven's storehouse? All the bountiful blessings is in God's storehouse. You know, angels marvel at us as human beings. They wonder why humans pray so little when prayer is the key to unlock heaven's storehouse. God says, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And he said, I will give you rest. He said, I'll give you rest for your soul. You know, we've been under a lot of attacks this week. Satan is turning up the heat on his people. But God said he would be your refuge and your strength. He would be your very present help in the time of trouble. Amen. We want to lift up Sister Bev this morning who I called her and she was screaming out in pain. We prayed and she's in the hospital right now. We want to lift her up. We want to lift up Mother Wellington, who is standing in the very shadow of death right now. We want to lift her up in the Wellington family. Want to lift up our young people. I'm glad to see our young people here today. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's bow our heads as we look to the Lord this morning in prayer. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful, first of all, that we can call you Father. Realizing that we're your children. Realizing that every good and perfect gift comes from you. Lord, if we had 10,000 tongues, we couldn't thank you enough, Lord, for your mercy, your grace, your watch, care, protection, and provision over us. Lord, you afforded us another opportunity, Lord, to make it to the house of God, Lord. Many was discouraged this morning, Lord. We've been beaten down on every side, Lord. We're thankful for your worshipers that made it out this morning, Lord, in spite of the trouble, Lord, all around. Lord, we want to lift up our sister Bev, Lord, who's mincing in pain right now, Father body is racked with pain we don't know what's going on but lord you know so lord we're praying right now that you would dispatch your healing hand of mercy upon her right now beat back the enemy lord that's attacking her body lord let your holy spirit permeate in her heart in her mind lord let her feel your warm embrace we know that you are a healer lord there are many lord that are even here right now that are hurting lord Many that are hurting emotionally, Lord, going through certain things, Lord, not knowing which way to go, Lord. Let them look up to you. Lord, some are hurting, Lord, financially. Lord, but we know you own the cattle upon a thousand hills. The earth and the fullness thereof is yours. Thank you so much. So, Lord, give us faith to trust you. Lord, some are hurting, Lord, Jesus, spiritually. 
Lord, we need a spiritual touch this morning. Lord, you need, we ask right now, Lord, that our faith will fail not. That we'll keep trusting in you through the pain, Lord, through the heartache, through the disappointments of this life, Lord. Father, we lift up our dear sister, Mother Wellington, Lord, who's in the very valley of the shadow of death, Lord, right now. Lord, as she's grasping for air, Lord, to breathe. Lord, we're praying right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, that you come in and touch her lungs, Lord Jesus. Lord, let her breathe the breath, breathe the breath of life into her right now, Father. Lord, we know, Lord, that you have a plan. You said all things work together for the good of those that love you, those things that are called according to your purpose, Lord. Lord, this, this came as a shock to us, Lord, but we know it didn't shock you. Lord, we're praying for each and every one of us. We're praying for that family right now. As they're gathered around, Lord, speak to every heart, Lord. Those that have not turned their heart completely to you, Lord, we pray for a full surrender, Jesus. Lord, your soldier, Lord, Sister Wellington, has been a strong soldier for you. And Lord, we pray, Father, that if you choose to close her eyes and let her rest, Lord, we know that won't be a period but a comma, Lord, because we know on the great getting up morning. All the dead in Christ shall rise first and be caught up together with them in the clouds and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So, Lord, we pray, Lord. Until then, Lord, we pray that you will keep us, Lord. We're thankful for these young people, Lord, that have come today, Lord. We understand how hard and rough it is for these young people today. The drugs, the immorality, Lord, all the things that they're facing today, Satan is throwing everything upon them, Lord. But you said, greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. Lord, we're interceding for our young people right now. We're praying, Lord, that you will seal their hearts, Lord, to want to make heaven their home. Lord, we pray that you will place a hedge of protection about their minds, about their hearts. Don't let them be fooled by the tricks of the enemy, Lord Jesus. Let them hear your still, small voice. Draw them with cords of love that cannot be broken. Let us see you hanging up on that cross, Lord, that they may have a right to the tree of life and may enter into the gates and to the city. Lord, we pray that you will bless each and every person today, Lord. You know what we're dealing with. We pray that you will meet every need, Lord, according to your riches and glory. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Morning. Good morning. Happy Sabbath. I just wanted to pose a question to us. How many of us, if I were to bless you with a brand new car, bumper to bumper warranty, pay for your tags, your insurance, for you to drive, give you gas to put in the car? How many of you, if I ask you for a ride, would turn your back? Or if I blessed you with a brand new house, full of furniture, 
food in the refrigerator. Yes, thank you. And I was homeless. And I came to you and said, can you give me a place to sleep for the night? How many of you would turn your back? Oh, that's mercy. That's right. You know, God has blessed us. Yes, Everything we have, we have because of God's grace, because of his mercy, because of his love for us. And all he asks us to do is return to him 10%. He doesn't ask for all of it. Out of every $10, he's asking for $1 for our tithe and an offering. So let's think about the goodness of God. Let's think about how he has blessed us. And let's dig deep. Let's continue to be faithful. I want to commend you for your faithfulness. We are going into the month of December with only about less than $20,000 that is, is still due to meet our goal for our tithe for the year of 2021. And that is very doable. So I just want to encourage you, continue to be faithful. Yes. Continue to be diligent and continue to watch the blessings of God yeah. overtake you. Amen. Amen. If our deacons can come forward to lift our morning tithe and offering. Lord, we just come before you right now just thanking you for this day. We thank you for your Sabbath that you have blessed us with. We thank you for all the blessings that you have showered upon your people. And now we have the opportunity to show you that we love you by the gifts that we give back to you. So we ask, Lord, you will bless those who give and pour out, open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that there will not be room enough to receive them. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You can give if you're online through our cash app, dollar sign top giving. Thank you and have a blessed day today.
Hallelujah. God is good. I'm so glad that we can give him total praise. Not half praise, but total praise because he's been so good. When you look back over your life, you can simply say, if it was not for the Lord on my side, you know where you would be. Praise the Lord this morning. I want to thank Sister Brenda and Sister Reed. Amen for stepping in. Praise the Lord. Let us stand for our scripture reading this morning. This message is found in 1 Kings chapter 18. It's really chapter 17, 16, 17, and 18, but we're going to read one verse this morning. And let's read it responsibly. All together. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. Lord, have mercy. Father God, this is your time. Lord, we pray that you will hide me behind the cross, Lord. As I lift you up, Lord, we pray that we would see you on today. We pray that you will break every yoke, break every chain, that we will see you high and lifted up. Pray that you will bind the enemy, Lord, and we'll be careful to give you all the praise. Send your Holy Spirit into this house, into this message today. Breathe life into it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The question this morning is, if God be God, or if Baal, then worship him. Another question to that, uh, answer to that question, the Bible says, if God be for us, then who can be against us? I know that with everything within me, that if you're on God's side, there is no power on earth that can come against you. If you're standing in the power of God, in this story, we're going to see one man, despite all the odds, standing in the power of God, in spite of everything, is going to come out victorious because God was with him. We're talking about King Ahab who was uh, the king of Israel. King Ahab married an Afro-Phoenician woman. He didn't marry her because he loved her. He married her because he wanted to expand his territory. He wanted to reposition himself for more power. You see, he wasn't satisfied with where God had what God had given him as just being king of Israel, he wanted more power, and he married this Jezebel. Never name your daughter Jezebel. You see, whenever you step outside of the will of God, you will always find yourself in trouble. 
Whenever you join ranks with people who are opposed to God, you will open up the door to the enemy. That's why God said, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. There's something about the fact that of that corrupting influence that it has in your life. He marries Jezebel, a woman who doesn't have the same value system. He marries Jezebel, a woman who does not serve Jehovah God. He marries this woman who's, who worships Baal. And in spite of all that, in spite of all that, he places power and money and prestige over his values, over God, and as a result, he ended up worshiping Baal. This man of God who's supposed to be leading the children of Israel to worship Jehovah God now was leading a whole nation to worship Baal. He would set up little altars for Baal worship and idol worship. Can you imagine what God was looking down at this situation? God finally said, enough is enough. You know, you can just go so far with God, and God had just put his foot down and say, enough is enough. And God sent in his prophet. One day, King Ahab was sitting on his throne, and all of a sudden, Elijah appeared on the scene. He didn't ask to be ushered up to the throne. He didn't wait for an invitation because he was operating under a higher authority. And he stood in front of uh, uh, King Ahab and said, uh, as the Lord God liveth before whom I stand, there will be neither dew nor rain these days but by my word. And then he dropped the mic and just walked off. I can imagine uh, Ahab was looking at this man like, who is, who is this man? Where did he come from? Who invited him to the throne? How dare he come up here and pronounce some type of a judgment on him? Go out and get him. But see, God had already uh, uh, knew that Ahab, what Ahab's uh, 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 response would be. So God told the prophet Elijah to head east. Hide thyself by the, the brook Cherith. See, God knows the beginning from the end. He said, I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Come on, somebody. He said, I have commanded my Air Force to drop some food by there. Now, I can imagine Elijah on his way to the little brook Cherub. He probably passed a lot of larger bodies of water. I'm sure there was cascading, flowing rivers of water on the way to Cherub. But I can, I could think that he probably said now, wouldn't it make more sense to stop by a large body of water? After all, we are expecting a famine. Wouldn't common sense tell you to start out by a big body of water? But let me tell you something. God will always require us to do things that doesn't make sense to us. You see, but God doesn't have to make sense because he made sense. God created sense. You see, it didn't make sense when, when Naaman, the leper, had leprosy, and God told him to go down and dip in the Jordan seven times. That didn't make any common sense, but Naaman did it anyway, and he was healed as a result of his obedience. It didn't make any sense when uh, 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 the children of Israel marching around the city of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. It didn't make any sense when Gideon had to go up against 135,000 soldiers 
soldiers and God said just take 300 men well what kind of weaponry are you going to take well just take a bugle and a torch that's all you need when God is on your side I know it didn't make sense when the children of Israel had ran out of water God told Moses to take that staff and hit the rock and water came gushing out of a dry rock it didn't make sense but God doesn't have to make sense because he is God it didn't make sense how when the children of Israel ran out of food God said let me take a little boy's lunch and feed over 5,000 people and you still have enough to take home it didn't make sense when Hezekiah asked for a sign to let him know that the Lord was leading him God took the earth that's spinning at a thousand miles per hour at the equator press the brakes and bring the earth to a screeching halt and then throw it in reverse and make the earth turn backwards 10 degrees God doesn't have to make sense because he is God and we're sitting up here wondering how God is going to pay our bills we're sitting up here fretting how am I going to make it what type of God do we serve we make God too small we don't have to worry about God all we need to do is trust in God amen Too often we tend to just choose to do things that make sense to us. Proverbs 16.25 says, There is a way that seemeth right unto a man. It looks right. It seems right. But the end thereof is the way of death. You see, we can can choose our brooks. You know, our brooks can look sparkly and, and nice and appealing and looking good. But guess what? God's not sending the ravens to your brook. I don't care how good it looks. God is sending the ravens to his brooks. You see, when God's brooks may look uh, uh, appalling, God's brooks may not be appealing to everybody. God's brook doesn't look popular, just like God, but that's where the blessing is. You know, the blessing is in keeping God's Sabbath day. I didn't say it. God said it. God says in Isaiah 58, 13, he says, If I turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight honorable and shall honor him, not speaking thy own words or finding thy own ways or seeking thine own pleasure. He said, but then thou shalt delight thyself in the Lord. He said, I will cause you to rise upon the high places of the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob thy father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. That's where the blessing is. I don't know why God said it, but that's where the blessing is. Wherever God's brook is, that's where the blessing is. Now, historians tell us that Baal worship was associated with rain. They said it was the God that brought rain. You see, people who don't even believe in God benefit from God and don't even know it. The Bible says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. They don't even know they're being blessed by God. But when you thumb your nose up at God... And when you attribute your blessings to your education or your street knowledge or whatever it is, God said, okay, you think you think you did it? Let me turn off the blessings. You see, they said, okay, whenever you give credit to somebody else and thumb your nose up, God said, let me shut off the rain. You see, so God had to hide Elijah because he knew that, that King Ahab would be coming after him. You see, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.12, the Bible says that those that choose to live godly shall suffer persecution. I know some of you thought when you came and joined the church 
that that was going to be the utopia. That was going to be the end of your problems. But how, how many of you found out that the closer you get to God, the more attacks that you will have? That's why God says you got to put on the whole armor of God before they bring out the long knives on you. Sometimes you got to watch for the devil because he will attack you to try and discourage you, to try and lose your hope, your hope and, and, and faith in God. You see, we can't try to please everybody. We can't be men pleasers. We got to just please God. When God says it, let every other man be a liar. Because when, you, when every man speaks highly of you, the Lord says beware of that. Because the, 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 they said they hated God. So the people uh, 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 that hate God and love you, there's a problem. You see, because if you love God, then they're going to hate you the same way that they hated God. If you stand for God, some people are going to be uncomfortable. Elijah told them, uh, you all are angry at me. It didn't make sense for them to be angry at him, did it? They should have been discouraged and angry at the sin that caused the problem. You see, the fact of the matter is some trials come to shake us up. Some trials try to wake us up and break us out of that lethargy, break us out of that sin habit. Things happen in your life for reasons. Trials come to get you to, to worry, to see your life, to look introspectively at your life. Trials don't come to inform God about you. God knows everything about you all the time, but trials come to get you to look at yourself and to see what's going on. So instead of getting mad at the trial, just turn away from the sin. I remember Elder Wellington told me the other day, he said his, he was driving and his oil light came on. And now, it wasn't any sense in him getting mad at the oil light. Right? The oil light simply was an indicator trying to tell him that something was wrong. And if you didn't get any oil in your car, your motor was going to blow up. Some of us get, get mad at the Bible, get mad at the preachers. I don't care if you kill every preacher and burn every Bible, truth is still going to be truth. The Ten Commandments are still going to stand forever. The Bible doesn't care who it talks about. It talks the same thing to the rich, to the poor, to the white, to the black. It talks to the same person. I don't care if you got every credit card that they offer or if you couldn't get a credit card on your best day. It still says the same thing to you. And so... The truth does not change just because you get mad. In fact, truth is not going to win the popularity contest. You know, so people are angry at, 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 at uh, Elijah. Second Chronicles 7, 14. We know that text. But Second Chronicles 7, 13 says, Now, if you want to rebel against me and do your own thing, he said, then I reserve the option uh, to do some things. I could turn off the blessings. I reserve the option to send the curse. Second Chronicles 7.13 says that uh, 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 I could shut up the heavens so that there would be no rain. I could send the locusts to destroy the ground. I could send the pestilence among my people. God says he reserves that fact. But the next verse says, but if my people right. who are called by my name would simply humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. He said, then will I hear from heaven. Then I will forgive their sin and heal their land. 
God is saying, the only thing you have to do is come into obedience uh, to me. Now, Israel, that's all they had to do. Instead of getting mad, all they had to do was repent. And so Ahab said, you're the problem. God already knew that he was, had him in a safe place. The Bible says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. God had him all tucked away by the brook cherub. He was getting, getting airdropped. The ravens was bringing him food twice a day. He had running water. He was comfortable. Life was good. Look at your neighbor said, uh, 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 but after a while, the brook dried up. Lord have mercy. After a while, the brook dried up. Now, I know if there had been some of us, the second that that brook dried up, we would have been like, see, I, see, I told you, I knew it. I knew I shouldn't have went by that little rinky, raggedy brook. I knew I should have followed my first mind. Whenever you are following God, and it seems like, it seems like the brook has dried up, and it seems like God has left you, you got to stand right there, stand still, and see the reward of God. My sheep hear my voice. You can't get all anxious. See, the devil want to tell you, when things happen bad in your life, it seems like the blessings have been cut off, and you want to blame God. Say, God, I knew I shouldn't have listened to you. I knew I should have followed my own mind instead of listening to you. How foolish is that? If God led you to it, he'll bring you through it. You see, but the, 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 the point is, if the brook had never dried up, Elijah would have never moved to his next assignment. You see, God had to let the brook dry up in order to get him to go to his next assignment. You see, some of us got too comfortable sitting by a little brook being fed. We're sitting there by a little brook getting, the, getting, getting our little water and everything. But God has to let the brook dry up in order for you to get to your next assignment. We've been too comfortable sitting there coming to church all once a week and doing this, that, and the other. God said, I got to dry up the brook. I got another work that I need you to do. I can't let you stay comfortable. Now, see, when you're in the desert, and Kwame, you know this, there are drought-resistant plants out in the desert. And the drought-resistant plants, they can, they can survive. They develop deep roots. And the, the, the root system is for two primary reasons. Number one, so that the fruit that it produces can rejuvenate after the grazing animals have consumed them. Number two, the, the roots develop a deep root system in order to survive the drought. The problem in the church is our roots are too shallow. We can't survive the drought because our roots are too shallow. We're not studying. We're not praying like we should. So when the, when the drought, when the storm comes through, we're saying, oh, Lord, and we're getting discouraged. But we can survive the drought. You see, the, the drought-resisting plants, they came that way because they gone through a drought. Every time they have a drought, the roots go deeper trying to find, trying to find more water. Sometimes God causes a drought in our lives in order to activate our faith. You see, if you had never gone through that drought, 
you would, your faith would stay stagnant. But God allowed the drought in order to activate your faith. Like Andre Crouch said, if I never had any problems, how would I know God could solve them? So I thank God for the mountains. I thank God for the valleys. I thank him for the storms that he's brought me through. Because if I never had a problem, how would I know God could solve them? How would I know what faith in God's word could do? So through it all. Through all the storms, through all the desert, I learned to trust in Jesus. I learned to trust in God. So when they asked you, how did you make it through that drought? How did you make it through that drought of losing your job? How did you make it through the drought of going through that divorce? How did you make it through that drought of going through that sickness? How did you make it through that drought of losing that loved one? You can tell them I made it through that drought because I got something within me that holdeth the rain. I got something within me that I just can't explain. All that I know, I thank my God, I got something within me. You see, drought-resistant plants, they also produce fruit. Now, the fruit that it produces is not for the benefit of the plant, but it's for the benefit of somebody else so that those animals can survive during the drought. And for the Christian, as we are connected to God, we produce fruit, not for ourselves, but for the benefit of somebody else. So when you're going through a storm, you can have the fruit of the Spirit to help somebody else make it through their storm. You can show them love and joy and peace and long-suffering and faithfulness as they go through their storm. Now, God told Elijah after the brook had dried up, he said, now I want you to head east. He said, for I have commanded a widow woman to feed you there. God always has a provision, doesn't he? And this woman, she was gathering sticks. I mean, she was down to her last. She didn't have anything. She was gathering sticks, and she was going to fix a couple of biscuits for her last meal for her son and herself. Have you ever been down to your last? I mean, down to your last she was down to her last hope. I know she's been praying and that, that the Lord would make a way and she was going to fix this last meal. And then there was a knock. There was a knock at the door. You see, God may not come when you want him. But whenever he shows up, he's right on time. Jesus is knocking right now at the door of your heart. He says, won't you, can you hear my voice? He says, let me in, and we, she opened the door, and there the prophet was. He said, listen, sister, I know all about it. I know your situation. I know the situation you're in, but listen, I know there's one thing I need you to do for me. I need you to feed me first. Now, I know some of us would have said now, I thought you knew my situation. You told me you knew my situation. What do you mean feed you first? I only got enough for me and my son. What are you talking about? If I fed you first, it won't be enough for us. Lord, what do you mean uh, a return, a faithful tithe, the first fruits? What do you mean pay you first? After I buy everything I want and pay my, return my tithe, there won't be nothing left. But the woman had enough faith. She had enough faith to feed the prophet. 
And as a result of her faithfulness, God blessed her every time she went to the pantry and reached into that container that was more flour in the container. Every time she poured the oil out, more oil would come into the jar. Can you imagine being blessed like that? Can you imagine? But God said, I'll bless you if you stay obedient to me. The blessing is in the obedience to God. Now notice, God did not give her a big silo of grain. You know, you've been out in the country, see those big old silos? God didn't give her that. He didn't give her a big oil tanker full of oil so she could sit back. But she gave her just enough for that day. Every time she needed it, it was right there. God said, I will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. He didn't say, I'll give you everything you want. But he said, I will supply all your needs. We thank God for that. Now imagine, if everything was, you had been in a drought for three and a half years, everything was burned up, there wasn't any plants, everything was dried up, Obadiah was out there trying to scrounge around, trying to find something for uh, uh, King Ahab, and he ran into Elijah. And Elijah said, listen, Obadiah, I want you to tell the king that I want to meet with him. Go back and tell the king. He said, oh, I can't do that. If I did that, the Lord will hide you like he's been doing for three and a half years and he's going to kill me. He said, no, I promise you, Obadiah, I'll be right here. So he told the King Ahab and King Ahab brought his whole army for one man. And he said to, he said to, to uh, 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 Elijah, he said, are thou the one, you're the one, you're the one that, that, that disturbs Israel. You're the one that caused all of the drought for all these years. Now, Elijah did not placate. He didn't say, uh, 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 I'm sorry, king, I, you know, but if perhaps if you could just make a, a, a few slight adjustments in your life, uh, your situation will improve. No, Elijah said no. You're the one, king, because of your sins, because of the sins of the people, you're in the condition you are right now. You know, sometimes we got to tell people straight. We're living in last days where you can't sugarcoat everything. The stakes are too high. Things are too vital. I know we don't want to offend some people, but sometimes you have to tell it straight because it's a life and death situation. If, a, if your, your loved one was burning up in the house, they didn't know the house was on fire, you wouldn't say, oh, come on out, Johnny. If you feel like coming out, come on out. You'd be like, get out the house. Come on, it's burning up. Get out. That's the, that's the kind of response we need to have when it comes to salvation. We can't be lulled to sleep. So Ahab comes there, says, you're the problem. He said, no, you're the problem. And so he, he went back to, to, the, to the palace and he told Jezebel. I can imagine he said, well, uh, uh, honey, I, I ran into Elijah today. She said, oh, I know you killed him, didn't you? said, well, no, I didn't kill him. Oh, good. You just shackled him and go, uh, uh, berate him and embarrass him in front of everybody. Then you're going to kill him, right? Well, not exactly. Well, what are you going to do? Well, he told me to bring all the 400 prophets, 450 prophets in the grove and Baal, and we're going to meet on uh, Mount Carmel on the day that he's going to pick. And do what? I don't know. He didn't tell me that yet. 
Now, you know she was losing her mind. Like, I thought you was the king. What is he telling you what to do? So Elijah, they met on that day. You know, the word had got out. There's going to be a showdown on the mountain. Word had got out. And they all gathered and assembled on that day. Ahab, one man. And here comes the whole uh, 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 parade of people in the throng of all the prophets. Can you imagine that seeing uh, uh, 850 prophets coming down in all their vestments, their garb, their priestly garb, the pomp and circumstance. I can imagine they had the trumpeters, they had the music as the regal uh, throne came down and King Ahab sat down and they're just waiting to see what's going to happen. It's just a hush. And Elijah said these words. And it echoed throughout the region. He said, how long halt ye between two opinions? Now he's saying, how long? Now he's saying, now, it hasn't rained in three and a half years. God has shut up the heavens for three and a half years. All of your crops are dead. All of your cattle are dead. And you're starving to death. How long is it going to take for you to make up your mind to serve God? How long halt ye between two opinions? Now that word halt in the original language means to, to limp or to to be lame or to be maimed as a person without a foot. A person who uh, 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 cannot ambulate himself unless he has the aid of crutches. And he's hobbling and shifting, leaning from one side to the other. And then you can picture a man that comes to a fork in the road and he looks to the right and he looks over there and says, oh, that way looks a little rough. Let me go this way. And he goes down that way. He shifts and going from one crutch, leaning on one crutch to the other crutch. And then he said, oh, that's a little rough. Let me, let me go back and hobble over to this other side. This other way looked a little better. And he's going back and forth. The Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You cannot be stable outside of God. God says that lean not onto your own understanding. Stop leaning on your own little crutches, what you understand, to be propping you up. He said, but in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. If when God directs your path, you won't be going to the right and back to the left and back to the right. Because God will say, no, this is the way, walk ye in it. God will stabilize your life. He said, I'll uphold you with my right hand. He said, how long are you going to halt between two opinions? How long are you going to straddle the fence? How long are you going to vacillate between trusting God and trusting in your idols? How long are you going to be half committed to God? How long? If God be God, follow him. If Baal be God, then follow him. And the people said not a word. Nobody said, Elijah, I'm with you. I'm with you, Elijah. Nobody said anything. And so Elijah said, okay, let's go ahead and settle this. He said, let's choose two bullocks. And we'll put them on the altar. And whosoever God 
burns up the altar by fire, let us all conclude that that is the true and living God. Now, the false prophets, they really didn't want to go through with the deal because they know that it was a jack, they, were, they were jack legs. It was, but they was compelled to do it because they in front of all the people. You know, Satan, Satan does some things. And so he said, okay, you all go first. And they started their rituals. They started their incantations. Bell, bell, come on down. They started all the jumping and hopping and screaming. And, and, and they're jumping around and they're just, just shouting. And then uh, uh, Elijah said, maybe your God is deaf. Maybe he's hard of hearing. Maybe he's indisposed. Maybe he's out on a trip. Maybe you better holler a little loud. They started leaping and hollering louder and louder. And they started cutting themselves. The shrieks and the cries that they were making. And I can imagine Satan, if he could have sent down fire, and he has the, po- he has the power to do it. Every time he tried to raise up, God put his foot on his neck and said, Get back down there, Satan. Not today. Not on my watch. You're not going to deceive him today. And those, all his angels were trying to get on there. And if for every demon that Satan has, God has two angels. They was holding him down. They had that whole mountain on lockdown. It was a f- no-fly zone. Nobody was coming over that mountain on that day. Those people were sitting up there jumping and screaming and cursing. That's what will happen at the end. As the Bible says, there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. All your life you realize that you have been deceived by the enemy, by these false gods. They see that God wasn't doing anything. Their cries were going into deaf ears. And then it said, after they had wearied themselves, they had finally wore themselves out. You know how you just be jumping and they finally just... left there's nothing no strength and then Elijah said come near come close to me he said I'm gonna he knelt down and he started building up building up the altars the broken down altars and he placed the, the sacrifice. He put the wood on the altar. He put the sacrifice on the altar. Then he told them to dig a trench around the altar. Then he said to make sure that nobody can even say this was a spontaneous combustion, take four barrels of water and pour it over the sacrifice. Matter of fact, put four more barrels over the sacrifice. One more for the Holy Ghost. Pour four more barrels on the sacrifice. And then he prayed. He said, Lord, God of heaven, Israel, I am your servant. He said, Lord God, so that the people may know from this point on that you are the true and the living God. He said, send down fire. 
And it said, as soon as he said amen, it seemed like there was a trail that looked like it came all the way down from glory. That came down and burned up the sacrifice, burned up the rocks, burned up, licked up the water, burned up the dust. There was nothing left. And the people fell on their faces saying, the Lord, he is the God. The Lord is the God. Not just the Lord is God. He is the God. If we haven't come to the point in our lives yet where we know that the Lord, he is the God. God said, thou shalt have no other gods before me. He said, I'm a jealous God. There was a story of a man who some missionaries had gone over to Asia People didn't know about the gospel message, and they preached the word, and there was a, a man and his family. They, they joined. They said, we want to join God's church. We want to join God. And others who was finding out about Jesus, who had died for them sins, they said, I, too, want to be a Christian. And others were coming in, and when the village king had heard this, he came in. He said, i got to put a stop to this. He said, who was the first family that joined? They said, that was the family right there. They brought him up. They said, mister, if you don't renounce your faith right now, I'm going to take your two boys, and I'm going to have them executed right in front of you. And the man said, I have decided to follow Jesus. They killed his, his boys right in front of him. Then he, said, he took his wife. He said, I'm going to give you another chance. He took his wife. He said, now, if you don't renounce your, your, your faith right now, the same fate is going to happen to her. What are you going to do? He said, though no one join me, still I will follow they killed her right on the spot. He said, I'm going to give you one more chance to save your life. Renounce your faith. He said, I have decided to follow Jesus. The cross before me, the world behind me, there's no turning back. And with that, they killed him. That family lying on the ground. And as that village king was looking, he said, why, why would they sacrifice their life for this Jesus? And a supernatural move of the Holy Spirit came upon him. And he was filled with anguish. And he fell on the ground crying. He said, Lord, whatever that faith is, I want to have that. I too want to follow Jesus. And the whole village became Christians. In these last days, God is looking for somebody who's going to be committed to God. Not this half-hearted, vacillating, halting back and forth. God said, I'm looking for some people who will follow Jesus. It doesn't matter what trials come upon you. You've made up in your mind, I'm committed to follow Jesus. God says, I can't have a half-hearted heart. 
Your heart can't be divided between the world and this and God. You can't say you love God, love the Lord, and love lust. God doesn't want a divided heart. He's looking for some people today say, Lord, I'm going to follow you. I don't care what. I'm going to follow you, Jesus. I'm committed to you. If that's you today, join me and stand. Say, I'm following you, Jesus. I don't care what happens. I'm committed to you, Jesus. I would be remiss if I did not take this opportunity every Sabbath. We ought to make a decision to follow him. Right now, the Holy Spirit has the doors of the church open. The doors, is the doors of your heart open? Say, Lord, I've I've wandered far from God. But now I want to come home. You can say the world behind me, the cross before me. I want to follow Jesus. I want to join these people who's headed for a city, whose builder and maker is God. I want to go all the way to God with God. You want to be in the next baptism. You want to study. Just raise your hand. God will see your hand. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Father, you spoke to our hearts today. And Father, we're praying right now that we will relinquish this world. Whatever has been holding us back, Jesus. Whatever, Lord, has kept our focus off of you, Lord. We pray that we will relinquish relinquish that hold. Free us, Lord. Those that have been bound by the enemy. Loose us today, Jesus. Lord, we see you high and lifted up. We see the nail prints in your hand, the great sacrifice that you have made for us. We're so thankful, Lord, that you didn't give up on us and that you've given us, Lord, your grace. You've given us another opportunity to make our calling and election sure. Lord, we're so thankful for the the decisions that have been made today to follow you, Lord, to come back home to you, Jesus. Seal those decisions in the courts above. Let your angels encamp around them, Lord. Don't let them look back. But look ever to you from whence cometh our help, knowing that our help comes from you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord, saints. Give God a hand, praise. Isn't God good? Isn't God good? We thank God today for his word with the spirit and life. At this time, we're going to have our benediction. We're going to have our ushers to come up as we will be ushered out. And in benediction, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you and give you peace both now and forevermore, and the people said together, amen and amen. God bless you, saints.
Hallelujah, you're worthy. Hallelujah, you're worthy. 